Hello, and thanks for joining us for another episode of What a Disaster, where we watch and review a disaster movie as close to weekly as any of us can possibly stand. I'm Gregory Allen, and this week we have a little bit different cast. Uh, last week, Dick Sawasinski and Elizabeth Bedore were both let go, uh, so we're joined this week by Richard Sawasinski and Liz Bedore. And we also have a special guest um, from the podcast Every Horror Movie on Netflix, which if you haven't listened to it, you absolutely should. And it is Chris Slatt. Uh, this week we will be watching James Cameron's 1997 smash hit Titanic, which was chosen by Chris, who among other things appears to have a lot of spare time on his hands, which explains why he picked such a long fucking movie. Hi, Chris. Thanks for being here with us today. Why don't you explain to us what makes Titanic a disaster movie and why you chose it for our podcast today? Well, what makes it a disaster movie self-explanatory. It's uh, th at the time it was probably the greatest transportation disaster that had ever happened in 1912. Should I go on? That's it. <laughs> that's all you got? <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Um, and it's just on top of that, it's just a great movie. Uh, I'm very passionate about it. I'm passionate about James Cameron, the director. I will defend both James Cameron and Titanic to the death, and I look forward to doing that today. All right. So, yeah, as uh, Chris mentioned, this one is directed and written by James Cameron, had a budget of $200 million and made back. It uh, doesn't look like it made that back. It just says $2.1 billion. Is that more? Two point seven billion. Two point seven billion. billion. No, it made two point one billion, so it made it back. It, made, it was the budget was two hundred million, and uh, it made two point one billion. Oh, uh, billion with yeah. a B. Okay, yeah, that explains a lot. This wasn't a movie based on Star Wars. It wasn't a movie based on superheroes. This was a standalone movie that became the highest grossing movie of all time for like fifteen years, only to be overthrown by James Cameron's Avatar. So, out of the blue, some guy makes a movie about a boat that sinks, and everybody loves it. And then Into the Blue People, he makes another movie called Avatar that made $2.7 billion. Into the Blue? Into the Blue. Out people. of the Blue and then Into the Blue? Yeah. Into the Blue People. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, that makes sense. All right. So, in this movie, we've got Leonardo DiCaprio. I don't know if anybody's heard of him. Uh, he plays Jack Dawson, who is kind of the hero-ish guy. Kate Winslet, I would call her the primary protagonist, frankly. She plays Rose DeWitt, who is kind of a kind of a stingy old lady. Uh, Billy Zane plays Cal Hockley. That is Kate Winslet's uh, fiance. Not at the time when she's an old lady, though. No, no. There's he's two uh, Kates. Yeah. Two, two, two Kate Winslet's. Well, no. Two Roses. Well, yes. Yeah, the second Rose is uh, Gloria Stewart, who plays a hundred-year-old Rose. And how old was she at the time? Because she was old. And the actor? The actress. I think she became like the oldest Academy Award nominee of all time. She was born in 1910. Yeah, so she would have been 87. Yeah. Yeah, born yeah. in 1910. Wow, she was old. Young lady. She died uh, in 2010, actually, at age 100. So when the movie was made, she would have been, what, 86 so when she died in a movie, was the same was she was the same age as when spoilers. she died in real life? Spoilers! <laughs> oh yeah, everybody dies in this movie. <laughs> Everyone worth caring about. Well, before we get too deep in the movie, I'm curious about the experience that you've all had with this movie. Uh, we talked a little bit about it before we started recording, but this is a new movie for at least one of you, and another one of you loved this movie when it came out. And so what's, when did you all first see this movie and how did you feel about it? Well, Chris, I hated this fucking movie and I've never seen it before until last week and or actually until yesterday. Sorry, we were supposed to watch it last week. We watched it last night. I've avoided this movie 
for how long has it been out now? 20 years. 20 years, right? Yeah, yes. they released a 20th anniversary special edition in 3D. And it made them $36 million more dollars. But that's besides the point. I, I avoided this movie for that long. I avoided the 3D version. I finally watched it for this podcast. And, and it, I think it's just a different experience if you pick this movie up 20 years after it was made. It's, you know, it's, it's paced kind of slow. It, the romance, is, I felt it was really strained. It, it, there were times in the movie I was just like, could something fucking happen? Do I have to watch him draw this entire picture? Or can I just watch him draw like part of his picture and just imply he drew the rest of it? So yeah, I kind of hate this movie. It, it did it did look really good. It so you really wanted really him good. you wanted to watch him draw the boobs and then stop right there. That I, was all you needed. All I needed was like scene. the outline of her head, and I would have known what he was doing for the rest right. of the scene. So Liz was a big fan of Titanic, like the boat, not the movie, but apparently probably loved the movie, right? When it came out, or roughly when you were allowed to watch it because you're like six? Well, I was eight years old when it came out, and I was not allowed to see it, even though I had checked out every single book the library had to offer on the subject, which seemed unfair. But um, I think around age 12, my parents finally made a little cut-up version of the movie themselves without the sexy stuff in it so that I could watch the boat parts, and I liked the movie a lot. It was definitely a little... Visually, I thought it was cool as I've grown up, and it, it was really cool to see how they brought it to life, but other than that, the story was a lot a lot more tedious than I remembered. It is a pretty intense movie for eight-year-olds. Um, <laughs> you know, it's only a PG-13 movie, but they cram a lot of stuff into it, and it's not, you know, like, graphic as much as it's just horrific once the boat starts sinking. It really becomes a nightmarish movie on all kinds of levels. Even more nightmarish because you know it's all true. So... How did he pull the PG-13 rating with the boobs? I mean, that's straight on nudity. You don't get a PG-13 and straight an F word. on nudity. It's just some boobs and an F word. Yeah. That can happen in PG-13. It used to it, happen all the time, I feel it like. It just doesn't need to be. like it's it, it. Context is important for that, I think, where if you are um, showing boobs in a sex scene, no dice. Uh, but if you're just showing bare breasts, it's totally legit for PG-13. Yeah, we're a little uh, nudity in, in um, film is a little different now too. You don't you don't see casual nudity in film as often as you used to. It's it's a different world. I oh yeah, feel like. you go back to the seventies and you get PG James Bond movies with you know nipples in the opening credits. <laughs> Greg, what, did you see this movie before? I had this seen week? this movie as a teenager, and I was too cool for it when it first came out. Uh, when it came out in theaters, everybody was like, "It's so good," and I was like, "There's no way it's that good. I'm not going to even waste my time." Plus, I was kind of a loser, and I didn't have very many friends, so they made terrible. me hate it more. Uh, but yeah, when I went back and watched it for this, I kind of loved it. Like there was a lot more going on than I gave credit for as a teenager. I appreciate a lot more of the movie uh, than I would have then. All in all, I, I'd say it was a net benefit to have watched it again. It was definitely worth seeing again. I, I was kind of in the same boat where I did not see ah. this movie when it <laughs> funny <laughs> that boat sank. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I, I had not seen it when it came out originally. Everyone in my school had seen it, and you know, the people loved it. And then there was like a a, a blowback to it because so many people liked it. Then that's when it became cool to hate Leonardo DiCaprio and all that stuff. Um, but I never saw Titanic through all that, and I wasn't really aware of anything about it past the memes and stuff until it got re-released in 2012, I think, for the 100th anniversary of the Titanic. And so it was back in theaters. That's when it was in 3D. And by then, I was a James Cameron fan. So I said, well, I owe it to myself to see Titanic. I'm going to see it on the big screen. And I thought it was great. 
sure, it's got some issues. I, I'm not saying everyone has to like Titanic, but I think everyone has to respect Titanic. Yeah, so in the opening, we've got, like, I don't know how I feel about the way they're bringing all these characters together to on the, the hunt for something. I mean, they eventually tell you pretty much right away that they're after the, the heart of the ocean. And it's just an excuse to put submarines in Titanic, really. Honestly, it was James Cameron's excuse for this. The whole reason he wanted to make this movie was because he wanted to look at the Titanic with some submarines. So he goes, he gets a, the studio to finance that. Gets a bunch of submarines. That's the actual science vessel he used to go look at the Titanic that's in the film. And he just goes, great. Now we'll just shoehorn this at the beginning and at the end. If it throws some Bill Paxson at it, done. It adds like a half hour to this movie that doesn't need to be there, honestly. But I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the shots of the Titanic. It's some of my favorite parts in the movie, but it's completely unnecessary to the plot. Yeah, I mean, as, as far as movies in the 90s go, I would say that the use of CG for Titanic and kind of stitching all that stuff together was probably pretty well done start to finish. I mean, the practical effects were incredible in this movie. Some of the best practical for effects sure. ever made. I don't know, James Cameron's always on the cutting edge of the effects, and he's always, he's like kind of a... I don't know. It's probably too much to call him a scientist, but he's he's someone who is very curious about technology and the world, and his curiosity kind of informs his movies more than the other way around. He's like a civilian scientist, right? Because yeah. he's super obsessed. Like I read some things. You can really deep dive into this uh, into this movie, so, so to speak. So to speak, yeah. So you got to kind of you got to kind of be cautious on how far you want to read because you'll it's just a rabbit hole. But I was reading that there's some scenes in this movie where he made the actors walk the scenes backwards because he want because he wants to make sure the boat left port going the way it left. Oh yeah. During, Stickler for detail. Yeah. And so he took all the scripts and reversed the way people walk. He goes, now you gotta walk left instead of right. And they flip it in post. Yeah, because they only built half the set. Yeah. Only <laughs> half of the, the ship. Um because this movie was a budget nightmare and uh Yeah the studio thought they weren't gonna make any money. Actually James Cameron uh, offered he didn't take profits from this film at first there's a couple of rounds of profits he didn't take because the studio was like this isn't going to make any money you're at 200 million dollars in 1997 that's a huge fucking budget and he kept he was kept going over i i actually liked the way they introduced the characters uh i liked being shown the the emotions that everybody was kind of invoked or that they had invoked when they were seeing the titanic for the first time and how they happened to be on the ship like all of it was cool to me. The Billy Zane's character coming up, basically showing up late and throwing money at it to fix the problem to get his stuff on the ship. And Rose basically having none of it was terrific. All of the immigrants during this scene, or all of the third class passengers, which included the immigrants, were um, painstakingly getting their teeth and hair and everything checked. And you see, like, Rose and her family walk on with their dogs, just un- totally un- unhindered. <laughs> mm-hmm. But no, everything is, I mean, the the car that they have sex in, there was actually a car on the ship. Like, there are very few details about the boat and its passengers or cargo that are embellished. Because people are crazy about that stuff. If you would have embellished too far, you would just got nailed on all the details and nobody would have been able to watch the movie. Even the artifacts, like when you're watching the first scene and the submarines are kind of floating around the wreckage um, and you see a shoe and a doll head, and a pair of eyeglasses. Those are all real things that they found down there, which I thought was kind of cool. And, like, uh, they find the portrait of Rose that kind of <laughs> incites all the action, and it's in a leather portfolio, and it's preserving. You're like, oh, that's ridiculous. That would never be there. But they've actually recovered documents from the Titanic that were in leather because it doesn't decay, and that's why like, the only thing that's oh, left of the people on the ship are their shoes. So you go on the ship, and you see little pairs of shoes here and there that used to be whole people. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. So people, Chilling. when they 
ground turn into shoes? Yeah, after being exposed to all the bacteria that eats everything else. Okay, so the sea pressure and the bacteria turns you into shoes. Yeah. Nice. Okay. No, I've never, I didn't know that. Even if you're not wearing shoes, you just become shoes. You just become shoes. That's how shoes were invented, actually. <laughs> just drown their friends and family and put them on later. Yeah. Something that annoyed me about this scene, though, was that um, the robots were kind of like digging around and, and they were pulling up doors and they were like just messing stuff up. And it's very well known that Robert Ballard, who was the first person that went down to visit the Titanic, put up a plaque that basically amounts to, this is an active gravesite, don't rob it. So it was kind of like a, a really weird way to get the story going, I guess. They were very careless with the artifacts they brought up in the movie. In the movie. They were just like, look at this stuff. They're like ripping it out of the safe, throwing this Cut open stuff. the safe and then just ripping it out like it's slop. <laughs> yeah, this isn't a necklace. This isn't a necklace. This isn't a necklace. And I don't know the history of the Titanic excavation to know if that's based on any issues that were actually happening. I mean, I'm sure that there's been un- unscrupulous people going down there. I don't know if they've damaged the ship or anything like that. But like these, these guys aren't portrayed as preservation of any sort. They're portrayed as as treasure hunters. Treasure hunters. Yeah, for sure. And there's been a lot of that around the Titanic site and lots of legal disputes and stuff. So. Probably a lot of treasure down there. Um, I th- there's well, the, Whatever company has the license to the site, which is like kind of an ethical quagmire, sells like pieces of coal from the coal that the ship had on board for the engines. Oh, wow. So you can buy like a piece of coal from the Titanic for Couldn't you know, I just get like any piece of, of coal though and just say it's from yeah, the Titanic? You know. <laughs> then you wouldn't be able to hear the ghost screaming when you touch it. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> so they turn into shoes and their ghosts turn into yeah. coal? Yeah. But I would I love like to it. have like a piano key or something that like that. That would be cool. No, I would, I mean, it would, would be, be it would be amazing to have any really, you're right, any artifact from something that got sunk and, and, and is part of that major of a well-known disaster. So they got really excited about that safe they pulled up. Yeah. Like they were celebrating. Stoked. I knew it was bad news. You don't celebrate that hard about something you haven't opened. Well, plus it's Not the at the beginning of the, of the movie. movie yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> I'd celebrate just to see the fireplace that they saw in that room. Damn. Yeah, but those guys didn't care about that. They want treasure. That was a, that was a They're treasure They're there for group. the Heart of the ocean. The fireplace. Something interesting. I think the fireplace is connected with this. I just watched this thing on National Geographic with James Cameron kind of revisiting what we know now about the Titanic. And at the time they made the movie, they built sets and things based on what they knew about the Titanic and then what they kind of extrapolated from how other ships like the Titanic were built and stuff like that. So often you'll see a set and maybe they knew what half the room looked like, but not the other half. But then in the 20 years since this movie came out, they've gone back down and explored more. More of it, and right. so some of their th- some of their theories about the design of the fireplace, for example, have been confirmed. And like the clock on the fireplace is actually oh yeah, cr- the grand accurate. staircase, yes. Um, and then the other things they found where they were completely wrong about, but so they're accurate on some stuff that they weren't sure about. Yeah, though, right? but just amazing that cool. they put that much yeah. effort into it, and that yeah, when you see the clock on the fireplace, that's actually kind of what it looks like. But they didn't know that at the time they made the movie. You know what sucks though when you put that kind of effort into something to be detail oriented, the little things you get wrong would drive you. Bananas. If you listen to the director's commentary uh, with James Cameron, he says things like, yeah, we now know that that bulkhead door opens the other way. I, I wish I would fix that. But. So the only reason, like, the, 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 that's kind of interesting because I feel like there were a lot more references. There was a lot of reference material available uh, because the, the the Titanic was a sister ship to the Olympic and the, the Olympic was built first and the Titanic literally followed the Olympics plans to build. 
So yeah. I feel like all that stuff should have been available. I don't know what James Cameron was doing. Probably just the ornate details. James Cameron, if you're listening to this podcast, give me a call. Oh, Tell me what's going on. He man. would he would just run circles around you. I want to know. I want to know why he wasn't using reference material that was available. <laughs> Hashtag about. Titanic Truth. Mm-hmm. You go to our website. You can see about how you how the boat wasn't going fast enough to rip it open when it hit that bulkhead. <laughs> it must have been TNT hidden uh, hidden the basement. That's my theory. Yeah, I, I, How is there ice floating in salt water? I think yeah. it's a little, a little too soon and disrespectful for us to uh, to make these sorts of assumptions, and the people that passed away would not appreciate this. It's too soon. I, too I soon. like the Tumblr post that says that the Titanic probably sank because too many people time-traveled to the Titanic to stop it from sinking. <laughs> so Bill Pax has to get his 100-year-old lady to come... To come hang out with them, right? Yeah, she because she sees on TV that she, she sees, sees the drawing. She basically grandma's nude photos were leaked, and she saw them on TV and was like, "I need to get this stuff taken care of. I got to show these scientists the real thing." She definitely <laughs> flashed him to get on that ship. I'm oh, sure yeah. of it. They're all looking at that picture of her, and she's just like, "I look great, didn't I? I was a dish. I was a dish." It's just like whoa! It's all a little contrived, you know, because then they fly her out to the middle of the Atlantic on a helicopter. There it she is. She brings her all her suitcases and all her like family photos, which are last... still from 1912. Those right. suitcases were ancient, right? And so it's it's all an excuse to get her on the ship so she can kind of provide the contemporary narration of, of yeah. her experience. So I mean, if there's something I'm not crazy about with the movie, it's it's how some of that was. We handled. we get the character introductions, which I brought up a little bit earlier. Um, we see the fellers, the rich people get on, the rich folk taking advantage of having money and being jerks. Priority booking passes. Next, we get to meet Leonardo DiCaprio character, Jack, uh, Jack Dawson. He is gambling. With, they're playing poker, it looks like, I think. And just there's money and Titanic tickets on the table. I don't know how those Titanic tickets that would have cost like basically five to eight hundred dollars at that point were somehow on the table with pocket change but that's how it went down they're playing the game and come out on top win the tickets and they have five minutes it's sparing uh, their opponents lives jack and his little like italian immigrant buddy Fabrizio. 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 yeah and they just have a grand time yeah Fabrizio has the most the best time yeah. Out of everybody in this movie, Fabrizio has the best time. Is there no more drops, pure character? He kind of drops out of the movie. Do we see him die? Yes. I think he gets shot, right? No. No? Almost. The funnel falls on him while he's swimming away. Oh, right. He saves he everybody. He's, but he would have frozen to death anyways. Yeah. He was a hero, yeah. but he would have frozen to death. Yeah. Yeah. Spoilers. Lots <laughs> of people freeze to death. So we meet all these characters, and now, of course, we have to throw them in the mix, right? So... They're all on the ship and having a grand old time, except Rose fucking hates everything about her life, especially her fiance, and yeah. has no idea Wouldn't how to you? break up. I mean, I would if I were willing to stay in a relationship that long with somebody that I hated. Well, Rose has her mother on board, who is very much into this, you're going to marry up and make some money kind of lifestyle. So she's got a lot of pressure. And she's young. She's, what, 19 in this movie? If 17. 17. Yeah. Yep. Um, so she's under a lot of pressure to just do what she's expected to and marry this rich guy, even well, though her heart's not in it. Yeah, but we also find out halfway through the movie or whatever that their family's broke. They lost everything. Uh, the dad died. Rose's father died and left him with nothing. And Rose's mom says to her, 
do you want me working at a seamstress? Because that's what's going to happen right. if I if you don't marry Cal. And Cal is just his only solution to any relationship problem is just throw money at it. Or, or actually, throw tables. Every yeah, problem. Tables, money. <laughs> I mean, he's he's very controlling, which yeah. fits the character throughout the movie. And very he's he's jealous, aware that Rose doesn't give a shit about him, and is a total dick. And he has the worst eyebrows I've ever seen. I hate and wh- them. Why does he always look... Uh, Billy Zane in everything, though, always looks like he's wearing eyeliner. Does, are his eyes just... Does he have... I don't, he does look like that. Like He put he, it on for the Phantom, and it wouldn't come off. It wouldn't come off. That makes sense. The Phantom was so good. Yeah. Why aren't we watching that? No disaster. Oh, well. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break and come right back with more Titanic and probably digression. Welcome back to What a Disaster. We're still talking about Titanic. Want to know how it ends? Stick around. <laughs> We're going to be uh, getting there shortly. But, I was really excited to see what happened in the end of this. I like the Titanic is such a mystery. But yeah, so basically, you know, the conflict pre-iceberg begins when Rose decides that she doesn't want to marry Billy Zane, so she's just going to straight up kill herself. A reasonable solution. Yeah, rather than breaking up with him, it seems like jumping off the back of a boat is the better choice. So she's just going to go jump off the back of the boat, and you know, our our man Jack, Leo, he's just sitting on a little bench having the sig under the stars, artist that he is, and he's like, hey, and he smooth talks her out of killing herself, and they fall in love in that very moment. Uh, actually, what she she fell first oh she does <laughs> yeah. fall she slips trying to get back on and uh, he catches her he saves her life saves her mother flipping life brings her drags her carefully back onto the ship and for his trouble because the guards don't see her say see him save her life they just see him on top of her and her dress is up a little bit they saw ankle and were like mm-hmm. this guy's trouble rape furthermore yep. nothing really appeared to set her off in this scene um there wasn't really anything. There was no fight. There was no problem. She was just all of a sudden running across the ship after dinner, freaking out, pushing people out of the way to kill herself. Yeah, you, I think we lost something in there. You kind of get the sense that the dinner is just kind of yeah. That she's she's <laughs> you can tell that she is miserable, for sure. She's seventeen. I mean, it didn't have to be a whole lot. She just saw her future. And was right. Like, nope. I mean, hormones and wow, this guy her, sucks. Her mom took away her Linkin Park CD. She's like, I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> and said, you're going to marry this guy or I'm going to take away your car. I, w- I will still say, though, this movie, for the most part, looks great. I have yeah. had no problems with the style, no problems with the movie. I'm I'm a fan at this point. Very important foreshadowing, though, in the scene where she yeah. almost jumps off the back of the boat because he says, hey, you're not going to like that because it's cold. I grow up in Wisconsin. Sometimes we fall through the ice, ice fishing. It's like a thousand knives entering your body at once. And then you see so many people fall and they freeze to death in the water. And so It's you, like it's excruciating pain. Yeah, he, he explains how he's going to die slowly later. Right. How much it's going to suck for him. Right. Between the cinematography and the the practical effects and blending the, you know, the, the generated and the real. I mean, it, it te- he tells a good story in this. I mean, think about the Titanic movie that so many other directors would make. 
You know, it would either be just about the Titanic. There wouldn't be a love story. It wouldn't combine the modern day with the past as gracefully as this. Could we could we next week? Maybe we just write down what we think J.J. Abrams would look like a J.J. Abrams Titanic would look like and review that. (laughs) He's more lens flare and a shinier boat. (laughs) The boat would be super shiny. Everybody would be kind of like overly aggressive most of the time, even with their friends. She's pretty aggressive. All the time. Instead of the captain 17. quietly going to the wheelhouse to silently accept his fate, you'd have him like struggling with the wheel and four guys screaming at him to the last second. There would be so many icebergs <laughs> zipping by on either side of the ship as they go through it, as they navigate the iceberg field. And all their the clothes would be a lot tighter. Pacific. Rose gets saved by Jack, and now Jack suddenly has to be thrown into, I mean, into the snake pit as um, Kathy... Kathy Bates? Yeah, Kathy my favorite Bates. character, Kathy Bates. Yeah. She's Why is she your favorite character? I just like her in this movie. Why yeah. isn't that guard that's going right now running near for your favorite character? Because Kathy Bates has, uh, she's she lives in both worlds and she's- She practic- doesn't live in both worlds. She's rich. She lives in the rich but world. She, she's she's that money. guard. Poor little rich. She's, new, that she's guard. money and she doesn't, she doesn't follow etiquette. She, she constantly breaks etiquette and she helps Jack out. Anybody who's willing to help out somebody poor because they see the, the injustice in that, no. they immediately wins. Nope. She sucks. She These guards are where it's at. They're like, I don't know anything about this situation. You're a rapist. You mean the guards who were not looking out for icebergs and caused a thousand people to die? So that's the thing. I was reading about this, actually, about the iceberg. And apparently a letter was sent to the Titanic that they don't think made it to the captain's room saying, hey, icebergs, bro. And the, it just was never got, given to the captain. in the spam filter. Yeah. They have to check their spam folder. They, the, the theory goes that if it had gotten to the captain's room... He would have just stopped the ship and waited till morning to actually go through in it so he could maybe see what's going on in the water in front of him. I mean, it was a, it was a perfect storm of coincidences. And mistakes, but yes. Yeah. And, it, and so Jack goes to dinner with, with everybody. Yep. The rich people. Great dinner. scene. Yeah. Great scene. He's just giving them hell. Now, Jack is poor. Yes. But he's given clothes by Richard's favorite character so he, he doesn't Liz's look too. completely out of place. And he's given the gift of bullshit from God. Oh yeah, know? for sure. Like I said he's a con man. Mm-hmm. He's taking advantage of everyone he can to live high on the hog. He's, he's a hooker drawing, beer drinking, wild man. You know what, and that's a good point because so he really does you know, make Rose fall in love with him but is there really any reason to suggest that he's in love with Rose? I mean, he lives. I mean, I mean, he dies for her. He, but like, yeah, he could have, he could have died. He could have, he could have thrown her in the water and taken the door. I just feel like he just likes the story. Like he's the kind of person who just wants the story. He never really thinks about the ending. Just wants to be known as the guy who does those things. You know, yeah. he wants to tell a story to the next seventeen-year-old that he tries to manipulate into having sex with him in a car on a boat. He's probably actually thirty-four in this. How in this old character. is Jack Dawson? He was a coal shoveler in the basement of the Titanic, so it's hard. That, yeah, so they, they yeah. found a guy. They didn't know about that guy when they filmed this. Oh, really? But yeah, they found out after the after they shot Titanic that there was a guy named Jack Dawson, which isn't incredibly well, surprising. I think it was James Dawson or something, but the grave Jay Dawson, the, yeah. It said Jay Dawson on his grave. He was a, yeah, he shoveled coal on the Titanic. People still leave flowers and their bras on that tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> I love my bra. I just leave naked drawings of myself on it. <laughs> Uh, so after dinner and all this stuff, um, I remember. Well, hey, before you go to after dinner, let's talk about the dinner itself. All because right. 
He gets in there and they are expecting to just roll this kid by being total dicks to him. Yeah. And he, I mean, he's got, he's got an answer. He's got a sharp tongue. Uh, and he for sure is, you know, I, I mean, I keep saying con man, but that's more or less what he does throughout this movie is just talk his way. Uh, he bullshits his way through every scene that he's in with where there's kind of an imbalance of power. He went over the table. By saying, your guys' life is a harness. You guys are tied down with your money. I'm free. I just do whatever the fuck I want. Who, who's here, here. Better life? And when everybody goes to have cigar and, cigars and um, liquor and talk about politics, he's like, I'm going to go fuck this girl. So, <laughs> I mean. Your girl, by yeah. the way. That you left. Yeah. He's like, oh, we're just talking over. about politics and society. It's nothing that would interest you. Yeah. And to be fair, it wouldn't be interesting for no, him. No, he's right. <laughs> yeah. And he gives them a taste of how it would be to live as Jack at the table and then fucks off to go be Jack. Now, Jack does have this is why this is why this is why I think Jack dies for this lady. This is the ultimate challenge. Rose has a well funded and excellently coordinated team of cockblockers. Oh, it's like Mossad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's intense. And and he finds a way around it. I mean, he gets around every person in this movie. Every person is working against him and Rose getting together and he he just he just makes it happen. Oh God, you want to hear something real sad? You know what else was on the shipping manifest for the Titanic? Babies. Worse. Puppies. 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 <laughs> of course puppies. Yeah. Nobody can just deal with the domestic puppies. I gotta ship them over from England. Right. There are puppies in your local shelter. Please adopt and make sure you spay and neuter it's, your It's pets. probably just as well. They probably would have been euthanized upon landing because of carrying disease. Yeah. I don't know. They didn't really have that concern unless you were a poor immigrant, really. Euthanized poor immigrants? I think so. So how did Jack, being a poor American, get all the way to France? Probably in some either steerage or third class ticket and just hopped a ship using his wits and sharp tongue. He cheated at poker, right? That's implied. Did they imply that he cheated? No. During dinner, he said, I had a very lucky hand at poker. <laughs> and he winks. And everybody's like, I make my own luck. And he goes, it was a very lucky hand. He, he implied that he cheated at poker. Yeah. Oh, I, didn't really... I, I never caught that, but yeah, I, that's a good... I just yeah. thought he was talking about the girl. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's... He could have been too. Maybe it's a triple entendre. Oh, triple entendre. <laughs> Every entendre. The most complicated of the entendres. Man, I love Leonardo DiCaprio's <laughs> body of work. He has done some excellent movies. He has. I'll be. I'm a huge Leo fan. Just, just because <laughs> his acting ability alone. I, he is catch me if you can. Um, what's eating Gilbert Grape and Django Unchained? Like everything. It's Leo does is great. It's ridiculous to me that there was such a blowback to Titanic and people hated Leo and were afraid of him for as long as they were. He's a great actor. He has a great body of work. And you know what? Beyond he has that, a great body of work. <laughs> beyond that he has range yeah. like he didn't want to do this because there's no range to this character and he actually changed the character Cameron wanted to be like this limping kind of nerdy artist guy and Leo was like no that doesn't work for me and he was actually kind of a dick on, on set his personality kind of bumped against Cameron a little bit but it made the character more interesting I mean mm-hmm. it's kind of a boring character he doesn't change he doesn't get better nothing happens to Jack in this movie other than he dies and he falls in love with Rose. Well, Jack's yeah. a catalyst. He's not yeah. really he's not really a character so much as he is just the the reason things happen yeah, in exactly. the plot. Yeah, exactly. And Leah was worried about that. Then he decides that the challenge was being a boring character and making that boring character interesting. Like, yeah. how do I be this very, like, already well-defined character? I, I mean, I wouldn't call him necessarily a boring character because he, he, he the chemistry that he provides in the scenes he's in is what makes him really... 
move in this movie, and he did a great job. And you root for you root for him just because he's in shitty circumstances, and people are asking them, you know, treating him like garbage because he's poor. Yeah. Uh, now, if any rich people are listening to this, like very, very rich, like Fuck you. silly fucking rich, <laughs> Fuck I want to know if Jack is a character that you sympathized with when you watched Titanic, or if you were like rooting for Billy Zane's guy. <laughs> That's I'm, a great I'm, I'm, I'm really curious. I did do- Jack resonate with you? So I didn't notice this before, but in this scene, Fabrizio is there. Which scene is that? This this one. Which scene? It is where where are, they can't see it. It's the party in third. It's class. the the real party in third class. <laughs> the real party. And they're dancing, and Fabrizio makes an appearance, and he's got a little blonde lady that he's dancing with, and he asks her, "Is it okay if I put my hand here?" And that's just in such direct contrast to like Rose and Jack's whole relationship. Oh man, Jack is a dick yeah she's like no 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 he's like yes 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 you're gonna dance then you're gonna have sex with me in the car he coerces a seven all right you keep saying that but really how often does does she really say no in this movie uh anytime like the spit and then the dancing jack wait that's a no it's she uh, okay all right she, point point take yeah <laughs> he, he gets a, he gets a little molesty she goes i can't do this and rather than going yeah, you can. Is it? Are you worried that I'm going to touch you? Are, are you worried you, sure? you can't dance? Like trying to figure out what she can't do. Can I put my hand here? He just what, grabs her and pulls her. What in. are your concerns? No, no. Get over here, lady. <laughs> He's disgusting. Jack's a jerk. What? So is her, or so is she? So at the beginning of this movie, Jack gets on the boat with Fabrizio and does that really iconic scene. I'm king of the world, and yeah. everybody always remembers that as Rose being the person behind him. But it's actually right. Fabrizio that's at his like penis level, right? Like, between Jack's legs is actually his friend. And then later on, does the same thing with Rose and totally cheats on Fabricio. The I actually, throw down is eclipsed by the romance. Yeah, I, I was I felt bad for Fabricio. Like he goes on his boat to hang out with his buddy, totally ditches him, and then copies. It takes the moment away from him. And then everybody dies. Everybody dies. <laughs> so this party scene, by the way, like they 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 cut quickly to the scene where they're just talking about politics and business and they try and make it seem like that's not fun but how many times have you spent all night drinking and just hanging out talking to your friends about About politics politics and business yeah (laughs) i mean it just exactly you get drunk and you yell about politics that's half the fun how's it not fun yeah it's not until about hour 22 into this movie which is like about where we're at talking about it where they finally kiss so you're already a full movie into this movie. You say a full movie, but it's like really a day goes. into their relationship. I, I mean, they launch on the 10th and it sinks on the 14th. Well, 14th, 15th, but still. A lot of this movie, we just get like, she's unhappy in her relationship and he yells and then he throws stuff. And that happens a bunch of times, I feel like, where he's just mad. Yeah, but you know, I, I'm looking at some of these scenes. Uh, I realize that, you know, even though Cal is remarkably an asshole he's not completely unsympathetic i don't think no absolutely no not way, man he's 30 so he's not married at 30 he he likes rose a lot he loves La rose and she just fucks around with him on this boat yeah with this kid you and, know? and he like his priorities aren't in the right place he's his priorities don't align with our priorities as the audience but we understand that in his world he's like i'm giving you everything that you could possibly want why don't you love me? And he just doesn't understand. Yeah, he just can't comprehend why what he's doing, which is what he's been taught to do, isn't working with this girl. He's not a two-dimensional villain. Like, his uh, his 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 henchman is a two-dimensional villain. Yeah, sure. But, yeah, and, and she doesn't communicate 
at all. She's a terrible communicator. She's 17. Yeah. Did you communicate well at 17? Yeah, when they were, you were very clear on that, but she was 17, and that's tough. But scene to scene, this movie's so strong. Like, you know, you look at scenes like the breakfast scene where she's, you know, Cal's talking to her, and it's got layers. The, 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 the way the scene unfolds is very interesting. Here you have a scene where she's talking to her mom, and they're having an argument about, you know, you're going to marry this guy, and it, she's tying her corset, like the symbolism, and then how she's tying it tighter than usual and stuff as she's talking to her. Just it, great touches. The, yeah, on top, of, on top of the symbolism there, we're learning about why she tolerates this behavior, and she is there. She's she feels. I mean, you're putting a burden on a 17 year old of having to maintain your mother's lifestyle that she to which she's been accustomed, and then you get you you're just you're you're stuck you're stuck. And how do you deal with that at 17? You you just you're screwed. I didn't start hating this movie though until right right about uh, hour 30 when it gets deep into the romance stuff. Yeah, why That's, do you hate this movie? Because. James Cameron insisted on this being a long movie because he wanted to have a fucking Oscar. It wasn't a long movie because it benefited the movie. James no. Cameron doesn't give a fuck about Oscars. He gives a fuck about money and going deep in the ocean. He wanted an epic. <laughs> he wanted to make an epic film. He wanted this to be his epic. And there's just some scenes in this movie that, like, if you can are name a too fucking long, if you can name a scene in this movie that does not provide context or move the plot forward, I would be impressed to hear what it's about to is. happen. They're about to run through this boat. For way too long, they're about to hang out in that room. You need to establish that this is this is lust. First of all, it's a four day relationship at an absolute maximum. And really, the first day she didn't know him. She was the first day that she was going to jump off the damn ship. So she meets him in the middle of the night, has this one encounter, sleeps it off, meets him the next night, and so a day and a half of 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 love. And you've you've got to get all that out of the way. You have to establish that she is. She is in love with Jack. Jack may not be in love with her, but... I mean, I get all that, but he just insisted on these really long, boring scenes. The, the scene in the bedroom where he draws her is so fucking long, and nothing happens. They show him draw the entirety of the picture from beginning to end. How much foreshadowing, though, is in this movie? Not to Every single thing. element of wisdom Jack provides, whenever he says anything sage, you can just assume that it is foreshadowing. Well, all right. I'm trying to think about that from a filmmaking perspective. Does the scene where he's drawing the portrait take longer than it needs to take? I don't know. I mean, I feel like with if you cut that down, you could do it faster, but then it would just be Jack and Rose chasing each other around a boat. I think because it's such a short romance, you need to have that time where you let the relationship breathe a little bit and being vulnerable with each other. And if you spend five minutes on that scene when you, you know, it's better than just going around the bases, so to speak. Right. Um, I just, I just honestly got bored. I was like, these the love scenes. They, they felt boring. They felt paced very slowly. They felt they felt like a lot of establishing. There were still a lot of establishing shots. Like, here we made this big set. We want to show every inch of this big set. We don't want to like, leave anything out. So there's tons of establishing shots. Eh, I see it a different way. Yeah. The spectacle's important. The showing off their craftsmanship's important. But also, this movie does a really good job of establishing the geography of the ship, which becomes super important once the ship starts to sink. Can I also say uh, I don't really like Kate Winslet's performance very much. I don't find it convincing. Hmm. I don't feel like I don't feel like she's in love with Jack. I don't feel like these two people are in love when I watch this movie. It's not love. It's lust. It's two days of knowing each I other. I mean, and they're seventeen. I've never seen two seventeen-year-olds that. How old I thought is, is were Jack? We don't, have a, we don't have Jack's age though. How old is Jack? Jack's uh, thirty. <laughs> Jack is a time traveler. I mean, he was young in real he's, life. He's about. He's yeah. twenty in in the movie. It looks like. 
Okay. So he doesn't have he doesn't have a lot more experience than her, but I thought some of the scenes later on with Billy Zane trying to set Jack up were just not necessary. The boat's going down, and he's still trying to set Jack true. up. True. I thought that you could have you could have built something else to create the same kind of conflict. You know, that's it, true. And they actually did delete some scenes, like there was a uh, killed Roy or whatever his name was. What's his name? Love face. Love, love face. Love joy. Love joy. Love face is chasing them with a gun through yeah. the dining room. They cut that out because they're like, you know what? The ship's sinking. That's drama enough, that's, right? And that's what you're saying. He, if he was not in this movie at all, it would have made it a better movie. Every scene he's in is dragged out and stupid and pointless. Maybe he goes on to talk to Jack for like 10 minutes in the basement. Useless. We don't need that. We don't need no, anything, any more exposition on Jack. We know his life. And that guy has no story of his own to tell. He's just there. He's like, I got a gun. He weighs it around. I mean, the, right. so the sink, like the the sinking of the ship, is drawn out for an hour or so in this movie. It seems like that's too long. Uh, I'm like, when the fuck is this ship so going to sink? But they're telling a story alongside the sinking yeah. of the ship, and that's you're you're arguing that they didn't need to tell that story while the ship was sinking. It well, did take hours to sink in real life, though. It was painfully, it was, excruciatingly yeah, it was drawn out. Yeah, that's part of the thing. Like the the ship hits the iceberg. And you're like, yeah. oh, that's it, right? No, because for a long time after the ship hit the iceberg they didn't know that it was a problem nobody knew they were going to die yeah rose and jack thought they were going to be cool right they were, they were still worried about their stupid little lives cal is still worried about his stupid little marriage and he had to he wasn't even getting off the ship and like, the, he's jealous he's rich he gets what he wants no matter the yeah. cost and clearly he he's prioritizing that so it's excruciating for the audience because we know that a thousand people are about to die on this boat and no one in the movie is taking it seriously yet, save for, I think, you know, maybe one character. Everyone's just annoyed by the vibrations. Uh, so I'd like to point out that the the drawing, the pencil drawing was like three minutes. It's too long. It's too long. It's not too long. It was the most erotic moment in her life, girl. That she, she, yeah. <laughs> Allow the movie three minutes to portray the most erotic moment in the main character's life. I wish more movies to this point. She said she specified to that point. Oh god! Ooh, like, Ooh. she was seventeen. How many more erotic a, moments well, does she have? One more when she banged in a car. Everything is so deliberate in this movie. I defy you to find a three-hour movie that is tighter than this movie. You can go see a Marvel movie that's almost three hours, where it's just them jerking themselves off about movies they haven't made yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah don't even get me started on michael bay right oh i love this part because the guy in the crow's nest is like oh i can smell ice on the ice smeller and then and, he fails to smell the ice and it's crazy because you see the scene where they finally hit the iceberg and the way you think the titanic hit the iceberg isn't the way it actually hit the iceberg and then you everyone knows the titanic's gonna hit the iceberg when they watch this movie but everyone is rooting for it to miss the iceberg somehow and then it it almost makes it and then it yeah. just scrapes the hull just enough to, to breach those bulkheads it's over well the uh the problem was the guys looking for icebergs were looking at Jack and Rose making out. At the That's exact right. Moment. They were distracted by Jack and Rose. So essentially, Jack and Rose were at fault. I would like to point out that initially, when they hit the iceberg, it is more poor people suffering and rich people being oblivious to the suffering of the poor people. Yeah. They're, they're convenience. And not only that, it, it, that's a consistent theme through this movie. Cal makes it out alive, and he's the biggest dick at the end of this movie. He, there's nobody who's a bigger dick than Cal. Okay, but Cal doesn't last until the end of the movie. Keep that in mind. After all of this, after he grabs a child and manipulates the the crew into letting him onto a lifeboat with this, this random kid he picked up, he kills himself in 1929 during the stock market crash, and it was all for nothing. Uh, first death was around 1 minute 42 seconds. 
was it, it was the, in the or boiler, one hour or, 42 minutes sorry it was in the cargo hold yeah. i think when the uh, yeah, one, oh yeah when they hit the iceberg the people in the in the probably the people investigating in the, uh, the, area. the crime that just took place in the car i mean it was they're the first to go it was a sex in the car yeah, it's it a was cock, a sex in the car it was a cock block squad <laughs> It was two, the cock block two squad. members of the cock block squad. They missed died. it. Yeah, they missed it by this much. The the whole like unsinkable ship thing was overblown from an article. Like nobody that designed the ship or worked on the ship, the owners of the ship, nobody actually presented it as an unsinkable ship. Nope, it was that was just, the media. Exactly one one star one article in like an engineering magazine or something where they went over how the ship was built and the the magnificence of the Titanic and the Olympic was just completely, like, blown sky high out of proportion. We're kind of at the point in the movie where, where Jack gets framed for stealing that necklace. Billy Zane, Cal, he frames Jack. He puts a necklace love in his face, coat. No, Love Face slips the necklace into his coat as they're walking into the room. Oh, but yeah. Cal told him to do it. But yeah. it was Cal's idea. Under Cal's command. And so Rose's faith is shaken. And Jack, and she has seems to have some legitimate doubt if maybe this was all about him trying to steal my shit. After two hour, two days of, of dating, I, it must be tough for <laughs> two her. Two days of magic. Yeah. Yeah, man. Rose would... <laughs> Rose should never go on Tinder. She'll ever... <laughs> <laughs> She'll just get played left and right. She'll oh, be very sure. sad. So the ship is sinking, and boy, howdy. The rich people it, don't uh, believe it. They're Jack just like, and Rose have a front row seat for the whole thing, from I mean, the iceberg to the fucking... Very end. Everybody in the movie has a front row seat to the No, they're there Titanic. when the iceberg like yeah, scatters they, they, across yeah, the, the yeah. thing, and they're there as the the stern dips into the water. Oh my! This ship sinks. Like everybody gets just drowned. No, I must be misremembering. Ooh, this is not going to be good. Yeah, right here. This is like where everybody's starting to realize how bad the situation is. You know, about was it like two hours into the movie? Everybody's like, "Well, this boat's going down." And there are going to be a lot of dead people because we don't have boats. She just runs to find Jack. She's yeah. like, I'm going to get Jack. We're going to yeah. get off this boat together. Jack, who is now being held in handcuffs in the bowels of the ship by Loveface. And just a thrilling sequence. Rose is running through there. She has to save him from the handcuffs. She has to get a fire axe. She has to cut his handcuffs off. And then like so much of the rest of the scenes in the end of this movie, they actually built that set on a hydraulic system where the whole set got submerged into cold water. Well, it wasn't cold. They shot it in like Mexico or something. it was on stage, I think, yeah, but whatever, right. you know, but that was, water was obviously very warm. Water yeah. is, if you spend that much time in water, it doesn't matter how warm it is. You're going to get cold eventually unless it's, you know, 90 degrees. Um, and they would just sink the set and then they would re- do another take. They'd reset it, bring the ship back, bring, bring the st- stage back up, Dry everything out, reset all the props, and then, hey, you got to do it again. Just amazing. Yeah. Kate thought she was going to die. She thought yeah. she was going to drown on that boat because the way Cameron films his stuff, he's there's no compromise. He's like, you just go, 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 go. And Actually, I thought that scene was a little bit long because she goes, sees Jack, leaves, runs down a hallway, meets a guy who doesn't help her. Stands and oh, but that guy is disoriented and panicked, and he tries to help her, and he tries to take her upstairs, and it doesn't sound like he speaks English oh. very well, and she punches him in the it's face. It's a great sequence. I mean, that's something that I, I love how long they draw that out. With the way that this all ends up, like, with the water level at where it's at once they get him free, he's their, their noses are pretty much in the water. Like, there's no moment to spare, but they're having conversations, they're... Stressed out and leaning against the wall, all kinds of distractions. 
So when Rose is on her way to save Jack, who's tied up, she finds Alias's dad randomly in the hallway. And it's like, hey, where where do I go to where the place where they keep people who are in handcuffs? And he gives her very specific directions, which don't really mean anything to us. But I guarantee those are the directions on the master prints of the Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> and she remembers it flawlessly. It's one of the yeah. few notes I have is that. Rose is excellent with directions, yeah. which is great for Jack yeah. or bad for Jack. Some people are. Bad for this elevator guy. You're, your adrenaline's pumping. You're going to save some dude. You just totally remember every step of the way. No, that was one of the things why many of the people in the third class were stuck in the ship was because it was basically a maze anywhere that they would have been housed. And they just weren't able even to make it up to the upper decks. I remember back in 97, my classmates would comfort me. Because, I mean, everybody knew I loved the Titanic and everybody knew that I wasn't allowed to see the movie. It was a well-known thing in my class. That's how, that's the point to which this got. But people would comfort me by saying, oh, don't worry, it's just a love story. Like, you're not missing out on much. That's That's a terrible comfort because this movie's great. That's how the eight-year-olds thought. So, So I'm not sure, did you, have you said whether or not you like the movie or not? No, I do. I think the set is really awesome. I think it's incredible. I think the story and the, I, it sucks that all the best characters die. That's my that's, <laughs> yeah. that's my the people that live are not the characters that I just was so you rooting know. For. Bill Paxton didn't die, and you're wrong. The best characters didn't die. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. Actually, the only tension in this movie is you're like, who's going to live? Who's going to die? That's that's the spoiler, right? The spoiler isn't. The joke is, spoiler, the boat sinks. But the actual tension is, about half the people live, who are those half? And who? which characters were you going to choose? Who are you going to gonna fall in love yeah. with along the way and lose? We are going to take a quick break, and you can expect to hear our final thoughts on... Uh, this was... I think this one's Titanic. It's not our final thoughts yet. Titan- Titanic? We have yeah, a- we'll go to final thoughts after this. I mean, not right after the break. but We have one more chunk and then another break, then final thoughts. Oh, we're going to do two breaks now. We did three breaks. Mid- somebody wants time. too many breaks. So we'll be back breaks? after a break breaks? and then maybe another three break. Yeah. We're just going to break. So right now is a break. break. My heart was pounding the whole time. It was the most erotic moment of my life. Up until then, at least. So what happened next? You mean, did we do it? (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to What a Disaster. We're here to talk more about the Titanic. So far, right now, we are all about to drown to death. Uh, Or at least all of our friends. um, And we are going to watch people die. So... We're at that point in the movie. People are dying. Jack is just chained up to a pipe and needs to get the hell out. And I like this beer we just got. Sea Rose. Sea Rose. Is it just called Sea Rose? It is just called Sea Rose. Ballast it's a tart Point. cherry wheat ale. It's by Ballast Point. Mm-hmm. It's it's delightful. It's really good. And I when I picked it up, I bought it because it said Sea. I'd forgotten her name was Rose. So that was an accident. We just call her Kate. And she's also a tart cherry, so. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) What did you think of the beer? That was a good one. (laughs) Oh, it's uh, it's good. It's, um, yeah, it's that cherry flavor comes through. It's only 4%. It's not a strong beer. I've never heard anyone say, it's a beer, in so many words before. Thank you. (laughs) Yes, there's cherries in there. (laughs) Really, really the label, I'm not sure I wouldn't even call it tart, but, you know, 
cherry wheat ale. That's all you need to know about maybe this the, beer. Maybe that cherry is a prostitute. Um, doesn't taste like that. <laughs> I've never eaten a prostitute. I don't know. Does it, does it taste like it's been sleeping around for money for years? Uh, no. Speaking oh. of which, let's talk about our next beer selection. <laughs> Shorts Hot Loins. My loins are so hot because of this beer. It's very spicy. <laughs> What's the description on that hot loins? Specialty aphrodisiac ale brewed mm. with goji mm. berries, honey, yeah. dark sweet cherries. Mm. That's two cherries. You can really like taste cherries. the cherries in the... <laughs> oh, what's this final Goji berries. And in the mood. She doesn't know the words. She can't read yet. We're working on it. She's yeah. getting, she's doing very well. She pronounced Goji. Awesome, actually. Yeah. This font is too much for me. Just make the it normal. The beer has really got her all riled up. It is gross in here right now. <laughs> it's so gross. Let me see the bottle. Give me, just give me the bottle. It is hard to that read. bottom line. It's not hard to read. I got supervision. Good. Good luck. Parental and supervision. in the mood. In the and mood. in the mood, hair... Aromatic, dude. I can't read that either. What wow. the fuck <laughs> is that? English? Something organics? Oh, uh, Wait, yeah. I got this. Wow, hang on. I got this. No, no, no. We're gonna do this. Uh, Mick. Yeah. Mick Mood. And in the mood, tea from Light of Day Organics. Tea. Wow. Oh. That's the, what oh, that says. Look at the Valentines on the bottom. Oh of my the god, sixer. this box is amazing too. The, look, if you gotta, if you. If you need to get your girl something for Valentine's Day, six pack of shorts brewing company, hot loins, yours and mine, specialty aphrodisiac ale. You got to do it. You can't go wrong. Take can't pass it up. I can't vouch for the goji berries, but I can vouch for the aphrodisiac effect. Yeah. He really can. And I those can. Tart, tart cherries. We're you know back. What else is an aphrodisiac? Titanic. Titanic. <laughs> oh yeah! They close the gates in the movie. Yes. So yeah. they um, do break out eventually. In in yeah. in inspection of the ship, in more recent years, they found that most of the gates for the the third class passengers were actually wide open, and most of the people that were trapped in the uh, like below deck were stuck because it was just a giant maze that the was class. You know, filling with water. So combined panic. The possibility of drowning, the thing you're going to be drowning and slowly rising up your body all into this, this that would be terrifying. And they were just stuck and lost. It would have been yeah, that's horrendous. True. You know what hor- horrified me? Was the thought of the p- last people to be in the water, the last ones to freeze to death, thinking, man, the people who froze to death an hour ago had it easy. Because now I have to go through this now. I kind of wish I had gone through this an hour What if ago, I just drown know? instead and, of yeah. freezing you to death? You see their bodies and you know that's your it's turn. inevitable. It's yeah. inevitable. And that, like, they got it easy because they're through it and you have to go through I it. I would now. hope that by the time the people around you had frozen, you would be um, delirious to the point where you wouldn't really be cognizant of that. I, yeah, I'm hopefully, right? Yeah, but everybody's different. So Hypothermia bound to be somebody that's isn't just... the worst way to die. No, you're right. You're right. It's not. Did you guys notice that the third class kids were all 10,000 times cuter than the first class kids <laughs> that actually made it into the lifeboats? This boats? movie's very anti-rich. I think we've established that by the end of the movie. Kind of ironic for the like most expensive movie ever made. Yeah. No Seriously. shit. <laughs> Was this more expensive than Waterworld? Yes. I also think a lot about the captain, you know, going to the the wheel and just, you know, the water coming up around the glass and then That's mine. And killing him. Yep. The he's captain get- and Mr. Andrews were really hard. He's, he's getting too old for this shit. Also, a lot of the crew were, were poisoned during the making of this film with PCP. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. 
Yeah, I showed. I, I sent that link over to Chris today. He was as surprised as I was to see that. That's crazy. Yeah, it's super crazy. So they were shooting in Canada, and they're like finish. They're rapping, and they're having a celebratory meal. And somebody fucking poisoned the clam chowder with PCP. And so everybody that ate the clam chowder had to go to the hospital and get their like carbon. Uh, Crap pumped into their stomach and all that nonsense because you know they were on drugs. Everybody who ate the clam chowder, <laughs> everybody who ate the clam chowder, everybody who ate the clam chowder had a fucking blast, is what you mean? Because somebody just gave them some free drugs. Surprise it, drugs seem like the worst drugs. Um, and, and James Cameron knew he had been poisoned and forced himself to throw up before he got too fucked up. Iron, yeah. I mean, it's, it's coincidentally. Um, Food poisoning is kind of responsible for the start of James Cameron's career because he was working as like a fill-in director for his first feature, Piranha 2, The Spawning. And <laughs> they were filming Water. in like Italy or something, and he got food poisoned somehow. And he had like a fever and a flu or whatever, and he was in bed for like a couple days, and he had these like fever nightmares where he was being chased by some sort of thing with glowing red eyes. Nice. And that inspired The Terminator, which was his first real feature film. Actually, I didn't know that. I have to say, especially uh, looking again at the scene where things are sinking and the water's rushing in, the props in this movie are incredible. They're so cool. They have all these little diagrams of the instruments and little gauges and panels with lights and dials. Gauges and tubes and meters or whatever. I no, mean, I mean, I agree. It, it, it is a very well done They would probably just draw that stuff today, you know? Like, right. It's cool. Yeah, they did a very good job. I would love to have a Titanic-themed bar where, like, half of it was... Underwater? You know, half of it was sort of underwater-ish, and then the other half was, like, prestige and all the steampunk sort of stuff. Or... Put some, like, windows that aren't windows. It's just, like, a water tank back there, yep. so it looks like you're, you're yep. submerged. What would you do? And, I mean, your fate's basically sealed, but... You know it's coming. You're watching everyone around you die and suffer, and you've got to just either fight it or accept it. I mean, what do you do? You're in panic mode, I'm sure, at that point. The most frustrating part in this movie was that Cal lived. Like, he steals a kid. He he has a chance to get on the boat. He bribes his way on the boat, which is stupid because if you're the crew, you're not getting off. He bribes his way to get on the boat, leaves the boat to go stop Jack and Rose from hanging out. Like, literally, just goes, I'm going to go find them and stop (sighs) them from hanging out. At this point, the boat's half submerged. You know this is going down. Everybody knows this is going down. He goes to find them, and he still manages to get on a lifeboat by stealing a kid and lying that the kid was his. And like, then... And Cal lives. And then he's looking for Rose among the survivors once they get on the Carpathia, and there's no sign of this kid at all. This kid never shows up again. Whatever happened to her? What did he do to her? He had like, her I'm not off. suggesting that he killed her, but like he abandoned her. Like, <laughs> no, clearly. he definitely killed no, there's her. There's a scene where he just hands her off and starts fighting people off with an oar. He didn't yeah. care about the yeah, little he, girl he once he got on the boat. Alone. Right. He's a dick. He's a dick. At the end of this movie, he really does He shows his true colors. Yeah, he becomes absolutely. unsympathetic at the end. But there's only there's like one or two really the important panic scenes left in this movie other than selfish. people like, drowning. And one of those was where Rose gets on a lifeboat. Cause so hang on real quick before we get to to Rose, you dismissed the the part where everybody dies. But imagine like every other disaster movie we've either seen for the podcast or we've watched for the podcast. There is no point where there is this level of humanity that we watch suffer for as long as we do in Titanic. Yeah. Everything is just it's all big sets, it's buildings toppling. But you don't think you, they we never make show eye contact, you like we don't establish that those are buildings full of people that are falling. We don't establish that there's the earth splitting and there are people in those cars that are falling in. But with Titanic, 
the 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 thing the disaster building, the, right? the, it's exactly and we deal with the people as they drown as they're getting stuck in this thing and they show every horrific detail it is awful they have the characters make eye contact with people that are just about to die like uh at the very end on the stern there's a blonde girl with curly hair who's with her boyfriend or something right next to Jack and Rose and they have a small interaction they kind of exchange this Rose kind of gives her this comforting looking smile and then a few minutes later we watch her fall to her death mm-hmm. like there's no there's there hasn't been anything like that in anything we watched but Rose gets off Rose does get on the lifeboat she gets talked to get on the lifeboat Jack and Cal talk her into it right, right. and she gets about the slowest lifeboat it's a really long scene and he keeps lowering, but it's not really lowering well, that no, far. Well, no, that was realistic. It took yeah. fucking forever to launch these lifeboats. Thus, the time the time it took to launch lifeboats ended up being more of a limiting factor on who survived in the number right. of lifeboats. But yeah, that's realistic. But she jumps off the lifeboat under the second deck. Right. Leaves a spot vacant on a lifeboat that could have been used by another survivor because... Maybe it, someone climbed in. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's frustrating to me. And then Jack has to go down and rescue her again, therefore spending the rest of the movie getting her to safety. And when she was already to safety, she was already safe. Yeah, but she didn't want to go live that life. Then leave the boat after it lands. You can still walk away. Nobody's uh, holding no. her. She just she met was the in love with person Jack exactly. she thought she was. She, she, it was infatuation or lust or whatever it was. That Jack was her life in that moment. And she needed him for her to even stay on that ship. Well, she killed him. And I love that scene. One of my favorite scenes in this movie is when they reunite right after she does that. And she's like, oh, I love you. And he's like, you're so stupid, Rose. You're so stupid. And they're both like sobbing. So now we're at the point, I think kind of at the point of this movie, a lot of the people we care about die. People have seen this movie a thousand times. I know like all the men die pretty much. Except for some of the rich men. They make you look at every dead body that they can at the end. You don't get to, you don't never get an escape from the destruction that this shipwreck costs. You never you never get away from it. You get to see every hu- human cost. In Titanic, you have a thousand frozen corpses bobbing in the water with glassy eyes. It's just the a, density you know, of death. The most it, everywhere you go thing. in this would be horrible. Like especially even compared to 9-11. If you were in 9-11 at Ground Zero, you'd be looking at rubble, 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 corpse. rubble, rubble. This and, is just know, corpse, 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 bodies, corpse, corpse. Maybe some so, tissue. But. Yeah, it, and, I mean it's they really they beat you up with it in this, and it it's hard if you really try to appreciate the weight of what he's doing with this. Well, the tone at the beginning is so light, right? When you get on the boat, it's such a light, happy tone. It's, it's mm-hmm. that's the contrast. It gets and it gets dark at the end. It gradually really darkens as you go because you go from it's a happy movie to she they're in love to they've got this tumultuous relationship and he doesn't want her to be happy unless he's with her and it it does gradually get darker as you go until the end where it's just. It's, He's hitting her and yeah. sinking. It's yeah. horrendous. Something I thought a lot about during the course of this ending scene, um, especially as the, the stern of the ship after a broken half was going down, was um, when I was around the time that this came out in 97, there was a place we used to go to called Formula K. And Formula K had an inflatable Titanic slide. So kids would crawl up into the center of the slide and slide down the deck yeah, as if they were themselves in the shipwreck. And it was just like, this a is a important. massive, massive tragedy. And 
turned into a plaything and a novelty. Well, you know, even the movie Titanic has turned into more of a novelty, I think, than it deserves to be. But now we're at the part, I have to comment on this because we're at the famous part where where Rose is, you know, Jack's freezing to death. She's on the door floating. And, you know, it's become a popular meme lately. Why didn't Jack just get on the, on the door? There was plenty of room for both of them. Oh, Rose, she's such a horrible person. She let Jack freeze. Listen, it's a good meme, but if you watch the movie... He tries to climb on with her, and they're too heavy for the buoyancy of the wood, so he, someone has to get off, and so Jack martyrs himself. It's not a question of space. If you have an issue with that, or for that matter, if you have an issue with how Rose says, draw me like you're one of your French girls, or how Jack says, I'm the king of the world, just watch the movie, because it's all fucking fine in context. Or, or tweet him. Uh, yeah, tweet me and we'll have a. De- I've been arguing on Twitter the last couple of days like a degenerate. I will argue with you about Titanic. Believe me. Then we can talk about gun control. Oh, oh she looks cold. And the all the uh, breath is CGI. All the cold breath is CGI. Yeah, they don't just put cold people in the water. Right. Yeah. It's it's a, actually like you know a degree. I mean, they were all fucking cold. Don't get me wrong. Oh yeah. I mean, it would be miserable. Um, yeah. Especially when you're in there for hours. With James Cameron on his crane screaming. He's just like, hey, check it out, guys. I'm warm and dry. James Cameron's down there in his wetsuit. Oh, is that what he was doing? James Cameron shot a lot of this stuff, you know, handheld by himself wearing his wetsuit and stuff. He loves that stuff. Well, he likes the water. It's unfair. Yeah. This part, I have some sympathy for uh, old lady Rose because she just relived the most horrendous thing that has ever happened to her in her life and recounted the tale of the people that are down there trying to be greedy ass bitches getting that diamond and man that would be that would be a struggle yeah they could light of it they were like like any american would at the time were like look at this cool model look at what happens with the titanic she's like i was fucking there well that's great and that was just the shot because all the treasure hunters are pretty flippant with the subject material early on in the movie and we haven't even Ben, we haven't even seen the present day in like at least an hour and a half. Like I think she, the last time we see modern day Rose is after the portrait, yeah. and then everything else is. She makes a sex joke and it goes right yeah. back. And so we haven't even seen that. And so finally, after this horror, we go back to them, and all the treasure hunters—they're not laughing anymore. They're all in tears. Perfect touch. Yeah, and they gave up kind of on the treasure hunting. She talks him out of it. Um. Yeah. Actually, they she do, does. They do. He yeah. was like, he was like, uh, Bill Paxton was sitting on the boat at the end and was just like hanging out with his skeletal wife. Yeah. I never got. Going. I never got the point. Yeah. That was that was Rose's granddaughter. Yeah, that he, wasn't his wife. <laughs> there was a romantic interest there. Which is actually, I saw. You know, again, this more contemporary um, documentary with James Cameron. His regret is that he kind of had the same problem where when he was making the movie and getting fascinated in the nuts and bolts of the disaster, he kind of lost sight of the human element more than he planned to. Yeah, well, I mean, he captured it. Yeah, he yeah. certainly did, and it's, yeah, it, it's grim. Too bad the love scenes are boring. <laughs> the one love scene. One love scene. The hour of The boob romance. scene and the sweaty car scene are both love oh, scenes. Oh, my God. Sweaty boob scene? Sweaty car scene? Cause sweaty car scene. Oh, that was it. stupid. Oh, I, I, hate it. It. I hate the hand. I love the, the hand, hand on the, the glass. glass. That, has, glass. that has inspired so many future romantic encounters in film. You just and need to deal life. with it. And it looks yeah, so sweaty everybody's and like, "Oh, hang on, the window's foggy." 
Mm. And they just slapped their hand up there. I, you guys didn't see that, but I reached my hand up and, and slapped there's a the cop yeah, shining his window. light through, like kill yeah. face, like love face. Right. Yeah. Kill, kill face. Kill face. <laughs> love kill. Is he love kill? Love yeah. killjoy? Love kill. face death? He has a nice handgun. He has a very nice handgun. He's a Batman villain yeah. at this point. Yeah. Uh, Rose has a uh, blanket. Nobody else gets a blanket, but she has had a blanket for a while now, even on the rescue boat. Yeah. It Ka- matches her hair and eyes perfectly. And Cal's like, oh, that's not Rose. That's just a girl with the pearl. So that's just some dead. homeless lady. So probably. Rose is kind of an asshole. At the end of this movie, she changes her name to Rose Dawson. Doesn't tell any of her family members that she survived. Nobody knows she survived. She doesn't check in on them later. She's listed Nothing. among the dead. Her That's mom clearly survives. noted. But she doesn't know right? that Rose No, survived. yeah. Her mom survives, but Rose... Bell, blah, blah, blah. Her name started with a B in the beginning of the movie. That person was registered among the dead, but Rose Dawson was registered among survivors. There were definitely family members on that ship that were just allowed in because their mom was there first or whatever. So, yeah, I'm not, as much as I like the movie, I'm not super big on the ending where basically uh, Bill Paxton slash James Cameron says, oh, you know what? I don't care about the diamond anymore. It was such a tragedy. And then you see old ass Rose, 100 year old walking corpse, gets up in the middle of the night, her nightgown flowing in the breeze, and she cautiously approaches the rail of this research ship. And she f- turns out this whole time she's been holding this million dollar jewel, the heart of the ocean, and she just throws it into the lake. No shoes, no socks. No shoes, no socks. To be fair, I mean, she, she she's old, so... Fuck it. Why not? Nobody's going to stop an old lady from being old. She's dying that night. She can do what she wants. She climbs up on the rail a little bit like she did on the bow, which is kind of a nice touch. And you know what? That was also the stern. Let's just end the movie here. I don't need this like aha moment where she has the jewel the whole time. Who cares? Yeah, this really, like the whole thing didn't need to be there. And I feel like it was kind of uh, James Cameron, as you said earlier, maybe it was a parallel to him realizing that he had strayed so far from the humanity of the movie. That that's what that Bill Paxton short monologue was all about mm-hmm. was just him realizing that he had gotten away. From, he was so obsessed with making this Titanic movie that he hadn't considered the lives that he was affecting. And he's just like, you know what? Let's throw that in there for artistic flourish. Or maybe it was just like, let's throw that in there and it can be a licensed product from K Jewelers and the studio can. And Britney an Spears' astronaut what? boyfriend can res- rescue it in the video for Oops, I Did It Again. Was it K Fed? No, it oh. wasn't. No. It, was, it predated K-Fed, but she said, but I thought the old lady threw it in the ocean in the end. And he said, well, baby, I went down and got it for you. Look at Rose <laughs> carrying around a picture of her sexy self. Yeah, so all we pan by all the pictures that she brought with her on the ship. Just of so, herself. Just, of herself, just so we can establish in a very lazy way that she's actually had all the great adventures of her life that she had thought she would have with Jack. And then, yeah. you know, does, does Rose die or not? I don't know. She's Yes, in her she bed. dies in the end. She's just kind of in her bed sleeping. It's not clear if she dies or if this no, is just it's in clear. her dream. No, it's clear. They tell you. Clear? They say she they dies. Don't say she yeah, dies. They, they don't say she, say dies. she dies. They don't say she died. She could be sleeping. She could be sleeping because the could Celine be Dion song says, every night in my dreams, I see you, I feel you. I feel you. But then yeah. as she's sleeping, no. we're back on the Titanic. Yeah. The CGI wreckage of the Titanic magically morphs a great effect shot into the... Especially in 97. Yeah, into yeah, the, the glorious Titanic. Fuck this scene. I hate this scene. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of it either. It's pretty, but it, 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 narrative-wise, I don't like it. I don't I, like it. It it's didn't need to be here. The, there's the, so pretty much, I think we can more or less all agree that the modern-day stuff didn't necessarily need to be here at all. Oh, I disagree. 
You think so? I yeah. What do you think needed to be here from the modern day? So I'm not saying that it it was um, worthless to the movie. I'm saying the movie could have lived without it, and it would not have had as dramatic. It pled to her characters. Okay. It pled to her characters' respect of anonymity and of not making a name for herself, just living her life the way that she wanted. Is she dead and in heaven right now? That's is, what. Okay, so well, I think it is, adds to the story of the Titanic. This is right. what the the internet says. It says, Cameron really left that up to the audience to provide their own interpretations. Some people think that the final scene is only a dream. Others are of the opinion that Rose died and they're reuniting in the afterlife. I don't know. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a moving shot. It's, it's a, I, don't, I can't think of a way to end this movie any better. I just hate that we're going to, everything's better when we're all dead kind of like ending. You know what I, mean? <laughs> I would have been fine with Dawson, Rose Dawson, credits. Also- I was going to say this a little earlier. She shows up in Ellis Island, broke, has a million dollar necklace, and carries it around with her for a, like another eighty years. She would have sold that for food, yeah. for shelter, yeah, there was, or it meant something to her, and she chose not to because she could work her way up from the bottom. She because hated she that was, necklace. Yeah, she, she always hated, hated that necklace. No, she loved that necklace because it was a fuck you, and she yeah. kept it because it was a fuck you. She says sold it for food and. And, and to carry on her adventures, that would have been a better tribute to Jack than every adventure. She's holding it over her head like the <laughs> severed head of Cal. <laughs> the severed head of Cal. <laughs> um, but the modern day stuff, I think, is important because the modern day context of the Titanic wreck, I think, is important to the Titanic story. And also the CGI stuff at the beginning, their computer model sets you up so that we don't have to keep going back to Rose to narrate through the last two hours of the movie because we know how the Titanic flooded and sank and broke apart because it's been established in the first 10 minutes of the right. movie. So you know, you recognize these things as they're happening and you're like, oh, wow. That's well, I didn't saying. look at how many minutes were spent on in the future versus how many were spent in the past i i don't know I, I don't feel like they needed to be i'm not saying they added nothing that's not what i'm saying i'm saying they just they weren't necessary to convey the narrative of what experiences rose and uh dawson had on the ship i don't disagree with that uh i understand why it's there i have a couple theories for why it's there one i think james cameron just wanted to play with the titanic and found an excuse to use the footage True. Secondly, very true. I think at the time, especially in 1997, he didn't think he realized the audiences weren't going to accept just a historical movie, a movie that's just taken place in the past. He thought that having more of a modern. So the period piece wasn't going to work. So yeah. just add Bill Paxton and call it good. Yeah, exactly. No, honestly, yeah. It, make it a little interesting in the front. Grab some of those people who don't have the attention span for a historical piece of fiction. Which is basically it is horse. Well, it's fiction. like what about Saving Private Ryan? Yeah, which is also bookended by something that happens in modern day. Would that have been effective but without was, the modern day stuff? That was just I, I I won't say just, but it was the beginning and the end. It wasn't something they were trying to push on as part of the narrative. It was an old man recounting his his experiences, and it was very short. Relative to what we had, the like the subplot of I'm trying to find this treasure and all that stuff. It just, yeah. it just they didn't try and shoehorn anything else in. And I'm sorry, but James Cameron is no Spielberg. Uh, what oh, I about- think he's better. <laughs> ah, no, no way. I just wanted to get Chris's uh, yeah. ackles up. And we're gonna go to a break because we're gonna come back and talk about how we felt about this movie. All right, sounds good to me. Let's break it up. 
Gentlemen, it has been a privilege playing with you tonight. And we're back. <laughs> Welcome back to the What a Disaster podcast. We are about to finish up with the Titanic. That's the movie about the boat that sinks and everybody's like, whoa, drowning or whatever. Oh, it's cold. Uh, so we're back and we are going to go through our final thoughts on the film and give it our ratings. So, Richard, what did you think of the movie? Uh, I didn't care for this movie a lot. I expressed that early on. Hang on. I got to mute his mic. He's an idiot. I'm, go ahead. Go ahead. It's my fault. Go ahead. My mic? Yeah, that's because you're like an idiot. It. I don't like it. It, it. It's paced a little too slow for me. It, I wasn't a big fan. <laughs> it is a three-hour-long movie. I wasn't a big fan of the love scenes. It, it, it's. I wasn't convinced that Jack and Rose really cared for each other at all. I, I've seen better love stories. But I will say James Cameron's a very accomplished director. He did a very good job at recreating the Titanic, recreating the sets, and sinking the motherfucking ship and murdering all those people. I just want an hour less movie. That's why I don't like this film. But I do really like the detail that went into this. And I, I enjoyed more of the research after I watched the movie than the time I spent watching the movie. All I right. give it a 6.5 out of 10 on a Richter scale. All right. And how, how does it feel to be objectively wrong based on world box office returns? Now, Liz, what do you think about the movie? <laughs> well, I have a feeling a lot of what we're going to see in the future with this podcast is going to be a lot worse. But I thought visually this movie was stunning. The the protagonists were lacking in certain aspects, but a lot of the characters were still really, really cool, and I liked them, and I was sad to watch them die, and I cried a lot, so it impacted me. I'd give it a 7 out of 10 on the Lister scale. 7.0. 0. 7.0 on the Lister scale. Chris, what did you think? <laughs> I, it's a... I mean, Titanic's one of the greatest movies of all time in my book. Yes, you can say the romance isn't the best romance of all time, or this factor or this factor weren't the best of all time, but this movie is competent at just about everything it attempts. It's a technical marvel. It's a historical recreation marvel. Um, <laughs> it's a just a very compelling emotional experience. Uh, I would have to give it probably an 8.5 or a 9 on my scale and 8.5 or 9. 9.1 <laughs> um, but if it but one thing I will say is you know what if you haven't seen this movie before well if you have seen this movie before maybe watch it again if you think you know how you feel about this movie check it out again if you've never seen it before you really owe it to yourself to see it but immerse yourself this is a movie for a dark room put the phone away cuz you really got to get immersed in the world of this movie and you have to put yourself on the ship for three hours to really get the emotional impact at the end. But it's great. It's yeah, great. We don't really get to do that when we watch this movie, right? Like, cause I have to take notes and stuff. There's no the immersion. is kind of lost. And that ending that it feels like the end of the world feeling it's hard to get that if you're also on Facebook. Yeah. I, I mean, as Chris said, you definitely should uh, put, put some effort out there if you haven't seen it or if, definitely go see it. And if you've seen it before, like like me, I watched it as a teenager and I was not as enthralled with it. But I watched it again uh, you know, as an adult, obviously, and I was much more appreciative of the film overall. Maybe it's because I appreciate cinema more in general, but 
it I, just seeing all of the foreshadowing and the callbacks and being immersed and put in the perspective of somebody as though I was on the ship watching all of this stuff unfold from the you know the start of their relationship to finally dying in the ocean unfortunately I, it just I was there it was incredible and this absolutely I can see why Chris feels that this is one of the greatest movies of all time and I am hundred percent on board with that. I'm I'm with him. I would give this easily a nine point on the Gregter scale. The Gregter scale is always a little heavy. Your mom's a little heavy. Oh, actually, a lot heavy. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's my she's, fault. She's got a problem. It's a weight problem. She's it's not a weight problem. It's a weight like everything. I so. got a weight solution for you. What's that weight solution, Richard? We're waiting. <laughs> I would like to thank Christopher Slap for showing up and doing our podcast with us today. He is a uh, one of the founding members of every horror movie on Netflix, where they review every horror movie on Netflix. They started alphabetically. They occasionally go a little uh, off the the alphabet, right? Well, deliberately. There's rules. We do like four episodes in alphabetical order, and then we'll do one that's out of alphabetical order. Yeah, they got they got rules. There's a system. Yeah. But that's yeah, we're watching thing. a lot of stuff. It's we're compelled to watch the movies we watch. We don't get to just pick them willy nilly like y'all. I hey, we're not picking willy nilly. We're accepting guest suggestions when, no nilly. when people show up. There's no nilly. We got willy. Two nilly. Two willies. One nilly. Anyway, uh, so every horror movie on Netflix, the website is, of course, every horror movie on Netflix.com or Amoncast, which is E H M O N cast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You can tweet at them, troll them, they'll troll you right back. It is a, it's a really a great podcast. I definitely recommend listening We're to it. We're available, hopefully, on all your favorite podcast platforms, iTunes Store, all that stuff. So check us out, and you might hear one of your favorite personalities from Oi Disaster guest starring on our show. You might make sure you uh, hit like on that on those feeds. Make sure leave some comments. Mash that like button. Bash that like button. Like, share, subscribe. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So for for Richard Sawasinski, Liz Bedore, Christopher Slat, and myself, Gregory Allen. Thanks for making it all the way through this Titanic oh, podcast man. and not drowning. So bye bye. Oh, say it. Good job, everybody. Adios, muchachos. Did I talk over her? That's fine. Do it again. It doesn't matter. We can just add Adios! All right, do it now while nobody's talking. (sighs) Okay, stop it. Perfect. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Bye. Okay, good. So I would like to thank Chris for being here. Uh, My fucking shit-ass fucking shit is fucking starting up now, goddammit, because it went to goddamn sleep. Fucking shit-ass shit coming out here, dude. Hang out with us and your sweet-ass podcast. Um, I'm glad you came to do ours, and we can send people to yours, which is every That's horror movie on Netflix. What I'm trying to get to, Richard, stop it. Every horror movie Do I gotta do Netflix? my own plug? Is no, that... I'm just trying to get into my thing, because I want to make sure that I don't fucking... If fuck you're touring anywhere, I recommend staying to City first. Oh, it's over here. Before where you're going, so people know. <laughs> I, I wasn't even on the computer that wasn't starting up. It was on this one. I would like to thank Christopher Slap for showing up today. I've got to do that again, because I clipped... I would like to thank... Boop! <laughs>